Good. We'd like to ask for your attention. We have. Uh, this is our fourth day. We would like to suggest a slight shift of emphasis in our mindfulness practice. The context is Satipatthana, the establishment of the fourfold mindfulness. And I'm just becoming aware that we have not really in a full way approached the whole topic of Satipatthana so far. You've heard many good things, but that you, I don't think you have heard in this course yet. Um, so rather than launching a full-scale um, footnote on Satipatthanas here, uh, let me just say Satipatthanas are not just a meditation technique, they're also a model of understanding experience. There aren't many such models. One such model is the five khandhas, the five aspects of experience. Another such model is the six ayatanas, the sense fields. And maybe a third model of how we can, in a very generic way, relate to experiences, the four satipatthanas. I simply, uh, and maybe a little casually, refer to them sometimes as four channels. And we have so far mainly spent time in channel one, the somatic channel. Channel two, which we are going to look at and work with a little more closely today, would be in that model, the channel that deals with pleasure pleasure uh, and displeasure. Not in an emotional way, but in a, a strangely unnamed way in Western psychology. Uh, if we want to be specific, we have to be a bit technical. The term for it is hedonic, yeah, from the Greek word hedone, meaning pleasure. So channel two, Vedana, often erroneously translated as feeling. It's, it's not feeling. It's neither emotion nor sensation. Vedana is uh, feeling tone. Let's call it feeling tone. Yeah, so it's a suitably uh, unhandy word uh, to make us aware that there's something happening there we may not get. So um, that channel too basically negotiates like and dislike. It registers. It doesn't talk much. It just says, ooh, yeah, and ooh. Yeah. So, so the messages in this channel, although they are not very, let's say, vociferous, they're not very verbose, they're quite distinct. Yeah. And the message in that channel, we're highly sensitive to those messages. Yeah. We're highly, you know, our ears are pricked for that one. So Vedana is, in the economy of attention, one of the most decisive factors. Most of our activity, most of our attentional focus is clearly um, engineered by our likes and our dislikes. When it's, when it's nice, I have lots of attention for it. I like it to continue. I am very subtly attuned to it. If I don't like it, uh, I have very little time for it. I don't really want to spend my energy on it. I'd like it to be gone, and if it can't be gone, I at least retrieve my attention and try to go with that attention, A, to something that is nicer, so I just divert, or I uh, try other tricks like numbing out or dissociating, feeling less, being less present. Yeah. Channel three would then be the affective domain, so emotional domain, 
Gita and Upasana. This is not the exercise I'm talking. I'm talking of the raw material for the exercise. Let's be specific. About the exercise, we need a little more breath than right now. Um, but to get these channels as a model of experience uh, theoretically across. So we have channel one, somatic, channel two, hedonic, channel three, affective, and channel four uh, would then be the content of my experience. And that content is generally cognitive. Yeah, it's discursive, it's image, it's concept, it's word, it's name. Yeah. Again, this is not the exercise. The exercise is more specific. This is just the raw material for the exercise. And it's important that you have a sort of theoretical map of these four satipatthanas as four channels of our experience. Now the story is these are nominal channels. You, any event in your experience always is going to broadcast on all channels. Yeah? So you don't get just a hedonic pleasure experience connected with no emotion, connected with nothing in the body, connected with nothing in the mind. You never get that. Like you, when you get an apple, you get its weight, its texture, its color, its perfume, um, uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you never just get the skin of an apple. If you get an apple, you get the skin. Now, it may make sense to look at apples from the point of view how heavy they are or what color they have uh, or what texture they have or what sweetness they have. It may make a lot of sense to choose a particular apple on the basis of one of these characteristics. But any apple you get, you'll get the whole spiel. Yeah? You're not just getting the color or the texture or the sweetness. The same is with these satipatthanas. So any event in our experience is going to demonstrate these four dimensions. A somatic one, we don't have experiences that have nothing to do with our body. Even a thought in the mind has a physiological correlate. Um, a hedonic experience, that means that we register this as either pleasant or unpleasant, as agreeable, as disagreeable, as inciting... Um, lust or as producing the opposite of it, um, simply as like or dislike. Now, there's nothing complicated about this, and there's also nothing moral about this. The unpleasant ones are not more moral to have than the pleasant ones. Yeah? We're not speaking morals here. We're not even speaking ethics. In fact, on the level of Vedana, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice liking what you like or not liking what you don't like. You have a choice what to do about it, but you don't actually, at the moment of arising, have a choice, even if it's perfectly immoral. Yeah? And you would like not to like it, and yet you may still do. Yeah? So you don't have a choice. You have a choice about how honest you are, and you have a choice how this experience of pleasure or displeasure translate, translates into action. Yeah? That's where the choice comes in. Vedanas, although we don't have a proper psychological word for them in English <coughs> or in any other uh, European language I'm familiar with, we know exactly what they are. They're not difficult to find. They rule much of our behavior, and often without declaring that they rule that behavior. Yeah? We just feel organically we go into this corner, yeah? because it's, that's where the, the AC is working most strongly or we you know if it's cold we move almost organically towards where the heating is without knowing where the heating is the body has quickly sussed where it is warm you know if you have any doubts about this process look at the cat they're really good at this yeah. nicest place the warmest lap you know, the gentlest vibe you know. 
So it's the kind of the kind of the cat mind, yeah. Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> the cat mind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice cat called Toby. <laughs> and this cat mind is at work all the time. We don't have to we don't have to really meditate very hard to get in touch with that aspect in our mind that is oh yeah. This is there for every decision. Where do we sit? What do we eat? Where do we walk? Um, whose gaze do we seek? You know, there's a lot of that Vedana-based decision going on any moment. You know, best of meditators in the most rigid of meditative setups will make many decisions based on their Vedana. So it's not hard to find in our everyday life, even on a retreat. So how to practice with this? The first one is that it is really necessary to acknowledge the existence of this uh, dimension in our experience. To acknowledge when it kind of registers, when it says, ooh, when it says, oh. Yeah? As we start to acknowledge the, the little peaks, yeah? the spiking in our gauge. Yeah? And that we notice that, that this becomes a conscious experience rather than an experience we, although having it, we do not actually acknowledge and thus go flies under the radar. So we want this to kind of be on the radar. We want to notice when this happens. And one way of noticing that is <clears throat> contrast experiences are always a good chance. You know, ring the bell, you know, this, is this pleasant for you? Ah, finally, or oh, you know, I was just getting, you, know, you notice, ah, okay, this is pleasant, this is unpleasant. Vedanas are often connected with moods. Pleasant Vedana generally engender happiness, interest, like uh, the emotional response of, oh, uh, the, you know, amazement or gratitude or desire. Yeah? Generally, pleasant stimuli uh, evoke uh, very quickly an emotional response. Now, our task is to get the Vedana experience and the emotional response to be more clear, to slow the process so that we can recognize the Vedana experience does not automatically need to lead to the stereotyped emotional response, which is when it's pleasant, I want more of it, uh, I get fond of it, you know, I snuggle up to it, um, and if it's unpleasant, I get averse to it, I don't want it, I feel either angry or depressed or uh, diffident. Yeah. So we want to disconnect the experience of pleasantness from our stereotyped emotional response to it. The experience of unpleasantness and our equally stereotyped response to it. That's what we want to make more conscious in our mind, this gap, because there we have a choice. While we don't have a choice with Vedana, we do have a choice with our emotional response. We don't need to be prisoners of this like it, uh, get greedy, don't like it, get grumpy sort of pattern. Simple way of exercising this today would be uh, my suggestion that you basically do Anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing, as as we have uh, encouraged you in, in the uh, previous days. And every time you find your mind is not with plan A 
every time you find your mind is somewhere else than with your explicit and declared exercise at the place you have decided for yourself to be attending to the somatic resonance of your breathing, every time you find yourself somewhere else, you not just bring your mind back, but you actually ask two questions. One question is, is what has what I find myself with right now instead of being with my meditation exercise, is that a pleasant experience or is that an unpleasant experience? Just this, no analysis, no inquiry, just pleasant, unpleasant, and they make a scratch mark. Yeah? Pleasant, unpleasant. Second question is, is this physical? In other words, does this concern my five outer senses? Has it to do with sound, with sight, with touch, with smell, with taste? with a tactile impression, or is it mental? In other words, is it a memory? Is it a fantasy? Is it a concept? Does it not come from outside right now? Yeah. So you end up at the end of the day with two scratch lists. One has mental and physical, and the other one has pleasant and unpleasant. Now I'd like you to be clear, this is not an inquiry exercise. You're not supposed to gain profound insights in the origin of these things. You just want plain quantitative statistics, yeah? Anonize, anonymized data, yeah? You don't really, at the end of the day, want to know what it all was. You just want to know the amount. Is the stuff that distracts me from my meditation practice more physical or more mental? Is it more pleasant or more unpleasant? Yeah. We want this information for your file. Yeah. <laughs> If you're uh, unsure, <laughs> if you're unsure whether this is pleasant or unpleasant, what you just experience, and or or what has distracted you from your practice, just let it slip. Don't worry. There's plenty more to come. Um, there's a theoretical third category, which is um, called Adukamasukaya Vedana, the Vedana of being neither pleasant nor unpleasant, which occasionally is trans translated as neutral, which I think is a slight euphemism. Um, it basically means you're indifferent. There is an indifferent position, which basically says not interested, can't be bothered. Um, most of the time, we don't even get the subtly pleasant and the subtly unpleasant ones. So don't worry about that third indifferent quality. It's for our little statistic, for your file, it's not really relevant. Yeah. Um, if you're unsure whether this thing you just had was slightly pleasant or slightly unpleasant, let it go. There will be plenty more to come. Don't rack your brain whether what the thought that crossed your mind 15 minutes ago was mildly pleasant or mildly unpleasant. This is not relevant. Just go to the next Vedana arising. So we have basic exercise body, posture, and mindfulness of breathing, as you know. When you notice that the mind is distracted by something, or in between formal meditation practices, when you have strong spiking Vedanas of pleasantness or unpleasantness, make a conscious note of this. In the exercise itself, when you find yourself distracted, acknowledge this is mental or this is physical. 
acknowledge this is pleasant or this is unpleasant. Those are the categories. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. This is doable, and at the end of the day, you will have a kind of an, a certain idea whether the things that distract you are more likely to be of a pleasant nature, more likely to be of a mental or physical nature. Good? Okay, let us practice.